Good morning, everyone. How you guys doing today? It's good to see you. Did everybody's football team win this past weekend? Everybody's yeah. Boomer Sooner, Go Pokes, whatever, whatever your flavor is. I'm happy for you until it goes down, you know, until Bedlam. I'm happy for you. So, hey, um, I want to remind you about something that's happening this Thursday, September the 20th. We're having our very first ever. We're having our very first ever event for men. We're calling it Men's Night. It's the best I can come up with. So, yeah. So I want to strongly encourage you to be there. Hey, if you don't mind, go ahead and put that phone number up there, guys. Uh, what, what we need you to do is, uh, is uh, we, first of all, we're having barbecue. We're having catered in. Does anybody not like barbecue? Just like an American, not to like, un- but we're having, we're uh, having barbecue and uh, we're giving some things away. We're giving some food cards away. We'll be giving some, um, there's something else that we're going to be doing. And I can't remember what else we're giving away, but we're going to get, we're going to be raffling and giving some things away. We're going to be catering in some barbecue and uh, we're going to have a, a message specifically di- designed for guys. So you'll definitely want to be here and it's going to be a little bit different. Anything that we do at Faith Co. Church is always a little bit different and always, it's always worth your while. We wouldn't do this if, it, if we didn't make it worth your while, guys. So what we need you to do is if you've got a phone, text. My name's John and I'll be there. John will be there. John Smith will be there. Text to that number because we need some kind of a, a ballpark number for how many guys are coming because it's by the it's by the head, you know. It's just kind of like how many you got, you know, it's by the person. So we need to know how many guys are there. Also, this is a great opportunity for you to bring your son. Now, I wouldn't bring a guy if he was like under 10 years old because the content of the message will be more adult-centered. But you got a teenage son, this is a great opportunity to maybe introduce to other guys in the house and also an opportunity for you to, to, to grow in your relationship with your son. Please be here. It's not because we, we want lots of guys here. It's just that this is an event that is going to be very worth your while. And also, it's a great opportunity for you to get to know other guys in the house. There's people in the, there's this many, if not more people in the first worship. And there's guys all over the house that, that you know, this is one relationship that you needed to know. I have met people at Faith Co. Church at events that once I struck up that conversation or whatever, it was a game changer in my life. So make sure you're here. Make sure you bring your son, whatever. No women allowed. We got a few women that are going to be singing and serving, but that's it. Uh, it's, it's, did I not tell you what it is? Who's not paying attention over in this area? All right. No, I'm kidding. It's, um, it's April. <laughs> I'm not paying attention. That's how distracted I can get. There was something in my front pocket, and I pulled that out and immediately thought, an event that's happening in September it's happening in April. So it's, it's September the 20th, this Thursday night, 6.30. 6.30. We will start eating in at, uh, at 6.30 out here. So, All right. Well, I've got a lot to cover in just a little bit of time, so I'm going to dive into this. Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have to be here, and thank you, Lord, that you are going to speak to Faith Code Church about today's subject as we talk about serving, as we talk about the dream team, as we, as we talk about everybody being a part of your body. Lord, I pray that you will bless us. Help us to open up our hearts and our ears to receive what you want to say to us, that our lives will be committed to you and that we will make a difference in Christ's name. And everybody said, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, make a difference. 
This series, This Is Home, we've been talking and telling a little bit about our story. We've also been telling what we're about. If you, when you think of Faith Co. Church, this is what we're about. The first week we talked about how we should be a part of the body of Christ and what that means. And Then the second week we talked about connect groups. Last week we talked about connect groups. and Hopefully you're a part of a connect group. My connect group is meeting tonight. tonight our theme is uh, uh, super spuds. We're having baked potatoes and everything that you can put on one, and we'll have a good time. But these people I am doing life with, these are my brothers and my sisters that when something's going on in my life, these are the people that I talk to. These are the people that know more about me than anybody else. And I strongly recommend that you are a part of a connect group, whether it be that, or you're a part of a connect group that you're learning about finances, or you're a part of a connect group that likes to ride bicycles or whatever, that you don't do life alone. We talked about that last week. And today I want to talk about how in our house, this is our house, and in our house we are passionate about serving. We are passionate about serving. Real quick question. How many of you have, have never been a part of our Bikes for Kids event that we have every December? I just want to quick hint. You've never been a part of, how many of you, you've been a part of Bikes for Kids at, when we have it at the Expo Center? Okay. So you, you see an essence of when our entire dream team comes together, our volunteers, that's what we call them, our dream team. We have about 150, 125, something like that, people that serve at Faith Co. every single weekend. And we do every other weekend. You might serve this weekend, and next weekend you might get off. And, or you might not serve. Or you might serve the first service and attend the second service. There's different ways that people serve, but we are who we are. And it is the makeup of our church that our church is filled with people all over the house that have been serving and are part of that dream team. I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about why I believe that everybody should be a part of serving, whether it be the different gifts that you have, whether it's you're serving and is that you have a serve or you have a gift to give. The Bible talks about how we are to serve. In Romans 12 and 3, it says, because of the privilege and authority God has given to me, I give each of you this warning, don't think you're better than you really are. Go ahead and cut your eyes at your neighbor as I read this again. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part does its special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, I believe modern day prophecy is the ability to preach. God gives the insight about the word and you speak that word boldly and clearly. If God has given you that ability, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If God, if your gift is serving others, well, guess what? Serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach, teach well. If you if your gift is to encourage others, well, be encouraging. If it is giving, don't just give, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have been given the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. The writer of Ephesians, which is the Apostle Paul, was writing this letter to the church of Ephesus, and he was saying, he was instructing the people in that congregation, just like I'm going to be doing today, is that in the gifting that God has given to you, 
Use your spiritual God-given gifts within the context of the church. God has given you some amazing abilities that make you unique, that's part of your DNA, that gives you this special ability. Well, use that spiritual gift. God has given you also some spiritual gifts that go along with that, and that is to be used also within the context of the church. And I want to tell you how and why. First of all, I want to tell you that Faith Co. has a process for that, that when I'm telling you that God wants you to be involved in church, I'm not telling you, good luck with that. Hope that works out for you. We have a process. If you don't know that, we have a process for this at Faith Co. Church, and it's called Growth Track. That's why you, you hear me talk about Growth Track, because that is the process by which people get involved in Faith Co. Church. Real quickly, I'm going to go through these things, but I'm just going to give you the skinny on it. In great detail, they go through this through a three-week process. If you haven't been a part of Growth Track, I strongly recommend that you do that. Let's talk about this. Growth Track, steps for spiritual growth. Number one is knowing God. We feel like everyone was designed to have a God-shaped hole in them that can only be filled with knowing God. Our mission statement is to know God or to love God, connect with others, and reach the world. But we feel like you can't, well, you can't love God unless you begin to know him. And the process for that is, to, is salvation. Give your life to Christ. Become baptized. Get involved in church knowing God. The second step is to find freedom. How many of you know there's a difference in salvation and freedom? That you give your life to Christ, but just because you give your life to Christ, you've got 20, 30, or how many years that you lived for the devil, you were on his team, now you need to, you need to redevelop some things in your life. You, you might need to break free some, from some old habits, some hang-ups. You've got to find freedom. Well, we believe that you find freedom within the context of small groups, and I'll, I'll show you that, how that happens in a minute. We believe that as you get around people, and you get around people that Proverbs says that kind of like iron sharpens iron relationships, that you get around people that are headed in the same direction, people that have been through some of the same kind of things that you've been through, that can, that can help you along. Hey, I've been there. I've had some of the same kinds of things that you're going through happen to me. I gave my life to Christ a few years ago. I can walk you through this. And wherever you're going as far as discipleship, we believe discipleship happens most effectively most effectively through relationships. So that's where we find freedom. The third step in growth track and to spiritual growth is discovering purpose. And that's what I'm talking about today. These last two steps, find, uh, uh, discovering purpose. Romans 12 and 3 says, look at this. It says, be honest in your evaluation. Look at these two words. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Look at these words, evaluation and measuring. I think that that is important that we don't miss that, that, that there is an evaluation and a measuring process that God has for us to get us connected into his body. Every February, the NFL has something called, you guys, many of you have heard this, called the NFL Combine. Am I saying that right? The NFL Combine and Right before, a, or as a college football player transitions into the NFL, it's kind of like a, 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 a tryout process that they take them somewhere and they, 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 they're tested, they're evaluated, they weigh them, they figure out their height, they have a standing broad jump and a running jump, and then they, how fast is this guy? And by doing that, they place them 
on a team in a certain position. They don't just say, hey, this guy, he, he goes to the Dallas Cowboys and we're going to put him on there. No, they evaluate him and the indicators that he tested, you know, his speed, his agility, his jumping ability, his weight, his height. Can he throw the football? What are, you know, what can he see? I mean, does he have good eyes? These things determine not, not just only what team he's on, but what position he's on. What position on that team? How many of you know they're not going to take a guy that's 5'9", 170 pounds, can run a 40 in, in 4.2 seconds, and they're going to make him a right guard? How many of you know that would be a bad idea? Right? They're not going to take a, a 356 7 guy and put him as a wide receiver. He's too slow. But that guy's really, really talented. Not over there, he's not. He needs to be placed. He needs to be evaluated and placed on a team in a certain position of players, of, tw- of, of a team that is made up of 22 players. Can he play offense? Can he play defense? Let's find out. Let's evaluate him. Let's see if he's got good hands. And then let's place him on the team. Do you know that God has placed abilities, God has given you gifts and talents and abilities that need to be evaluated? You're worth more than just, hey, sign up somewhere on a team and, you know, I'm going to just volunteer over here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put my time on. No, no, listen, you're, you're way more valuable than that. You need to evaluate your gifts. In the same way that the NFL players are gifted, this is your life's mission in the Faith Code Church, we evaluate your gifts. You've, you've got, we, we take you through a, a tests. We figure out what your personality and what your makeup is like, and, and we, we, we evaluate your spiritual gifting. And before you start thinking, oh my gosh, a test, I haven't taken a test since high school. Listen, we've only had a couple of people fail the personality test. We've only had a couple of people fail the personality test. It ain't, it ain't like that. You, these tests are about evaluating and discovering things about yourself. So you say, okay, yeah, that's why I act that way. Or that's why I, I, I desire these kinds of things. So that's the, that's the uh, discover purpose. And lastly, the, the last step in growth track is to make a difference. Everybody wants their lives to count. And we believe that the greatest impact that you can make on your life is when the, within the context of the church. And that's why we take the evaluation so seriously because we know because of conversations that we've had with so many people that if we can, we can connect people in the right ministry of where they're serving, it becomes their life's purpose. And they feel like, you know, they feel like God is making a difference through their lives. So those are the steps that go into great detail through growth track. I don't have time for that. But do you know that you were designed and created to serve others? That's a part of your physiological makeup. You're designed for that. It's kind of like in your DNA. Let me show you something. I read this a couple of weeks ago. People who describe themselves, these are studies that have been done, three different studies. And these weren't done in a church. These were done in our culture, in our society, in the United States. People who describe themselves as happy, complete about, people who describe themselves as happy, complete about six hours of volunteer work per month, according to the science of generosity. People who sat down and said, hey, and, and, and described themselves, hey, you, would you say that you're a happy person? Yeah. Okay, so they figured out these different things about them, and they found out that the happiest people were people that volunteered their time about six hours per month. Get this. There's a 12% reduced rate of mortality among people 
who volunteer versus those who don't. There, let me say that again. 12, there's a 12% reduced rate of mortality. So let me just say it like this. If you sign up for the dream team, you're going to live longer. It's, just, it's part of our DNA. Get this. There is an 18% reduced rate of death among caregivers compared to with, with non-caregivers. I would think that these would be people that, like nurses, people that work in healthcare, people who give other people care. There's, there's an 18% reduced rate of death for people that serve others in their, in their career. Why is that? I believe, is it possible that God blesses people who serve with a longer, help, happier, healthier life? Could that not be possible? I believe it is, that God made us to live happier lives, to live healthier lives if we would give our time serving others. You know, when we serve others, his church, there's more than meets the eye. It's not about just living longer. It's not just living healthier. It's not just being happier. There's more than meets the eye, and that's what I want to talk about with the rest of my time. There's something else going on. First of all, when we serve his church, we are becoming something more. We are becoming something more. Let me show you this. Ephesians 4 and 14 says, then, talks about becoming spiritually mature. Once you do that, once you get on track for that, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Listen to me. Anytime that you serve, you become better. Leave, leave that verse up there. Go back to 15, if you will, guys. Anytime that you serve, his church or through his church, anytime you use your gifting to serve, you get better. And not only do you get better, something else happens. Growing in every way more like Christ, who is the head of the body. And Go to the next verse. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does his own special work. As each part does his own special work. Go to the next verse. It helps other parts grow. So it's not just about you. As you do your special part, it helps other people grow. You know that, what that's called? When you help other people grow in the church, that's called discipleship. I can't tell you how many people got involved in our church. They weren't really interested in the services. They weren't too impressed with my preaching. Hey, you know, we can get good music at other places. It, weren't, it wasn't that. But they came to Bikes for Kids, an event, and they saw how we served. When they saw how you serve, they said, I'm going to be involved in church. You know, they really couldn't get involved in some of the other things, but man, they could get involved in serving kids' ministry. They saw how passionate we were about having a quality kids' ministry. So they said, hey, I can do this. And over time, they got involved in the church, and it opened up their hearts to hear the ministering of the word. As each person does their part, it helps other parts grow. Listen, Serving isn't, serving isn't only about what you're doing for Christ. It is also about what, who you're becoming in Christ. You're becoming something. God is doing a work in your life. It's also about your future. 
You can't serve and not get better. God is going to make you better, and he's going to make you better in other parts of your life. Let me say that again. Serving isn't only about what you're doing for Christ. Serving is also about who you're becoming in Christ. In 1 Corinthians 3 and 9 says, for we are both God's workers, you are God's field, and you are God's building. Don't miss this. There's two things happening. We are both God's workers, which means we're working in ministry. God God is working through us, and, and we're working in ministry. We're serving, but that's not all that's happening. It's also about you. You're God's field. You're God's building. So as you're building his house, as you're building his, his, his purpose, God is also building something in your life. It's, it's kind of like a side benefit from, 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 from you doing God's work and God's will. As you begin to serve his house, God begins to build something in your life. You believe that? Say amen. You're a work in progress. Number two, when we serve, when we serve his house, when we serve his church, we are not just becoming something, but we're belonging to something. We belong to each other. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 5, it says, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. You see, we are different, but we are together. And, and, and even though we're different, when we unite, we are better together. I am better with you. You are better with me. In fact, our differences is what makes us so beautiful. I don't want to pastor a church where everybody's the same color and everybody wears the same things. I want to pastor a multicultural church because your differences and my differences are celebrated as we unite, as we come together. If you believe that, say amen. Romans 12 and 4 says this, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with, a, with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. There are many parts of my body that have specific purposes and they do that purpose better than any other purpose. For example, nothing grips better than my hand. I've tried it before. My toes don't grip very tightly. Nothing grips better than my hand. If I try to use any other part of my body to grip something, it's not going to work. Nothing is better at vision than my eyes. But if, if, if my eyes aren't doing their job, then the whole body is affected. God has put the body together like that, 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 that there are specific gifts and abilities that you have that you bring something to the table of Faith Co. Church that nobody else can. And if you hold back and if you don't bring that to the table, we're not as good. We can make it, but we're not as good unless everybody does his or her part. That's the beautifulness of, of, of the body of Christ, that we belong to each other. And as we do our part, it fulfills God's purpose in our lives. We don't just belong to Christ. We belong to each other. I'm going to say that again. We don't just belong to Christ. We belong to each other, and it makes us unique. We're different people with a common purpose. Let me give you an example. Some of us are strong, and some of us are weak. Some of us are black, some of us are white, some of us are tan, and some of us are all that rolled up into one person. Some of us are tall, and some of us are height-challenged. Some of us are skinny, and some of us are healthy. 
Some of us are young and some of us are older. Some of us are pretty, some of us are beautiful, and some of us just have good personalities. Some of us are smart and some of us are experienced. Some of us are rich and some of us are trying to get richer. But here's the deal. It takes all of us. I'm no good without you and you're no good without me. We're better together. We belong to Christ and to each other and it makes us better when we serve. And lastly, when we serve his church as we do our part, not only are we becoming something, not only are we belonging to someone else, but we are building something together. We are building his house, his church, and our lives. In Ephesians 2 and 19, it says, we are members of God's family together. We are his house. We are built we're not just being put together. We are building something. He's saying we, we are built on something. We are built on the prophets or we are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ. Jesus himself is a part of this whole thing. He's the cornerstone and he's, he's, he's established a foundation with the 12 apostles, the scripture says, and we are carefully joined together in him becoming a holy temple. He's using the holy temple as an example But Jesus has established this years ago as he would be the cornerstone and have a foundation of this building of this temple. And then we are block by block, cinder block by cinder block, carefully put put together, meticulously designed to build his church, his body. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a bodybuilder. And as you do your own specific work, as you do your part, it strengthens and it builds the body. And let me tell you something. Our body is only as good as we make it. Right? Just as, in your, just as, as your body is, your body is just as good as you put in it. As, as much work as you put in your body, however you eat, your diet, it's only as good as you treat it and, and whatever you do to invest in it. The same thing happens in the body of Christ. I've talked to many single people throughout the years of being in ministry, especially guys. I've talked to a lot of guys before that say, you know what, I'm, I'm having trouble finding a, a good person to have a relationship with, a, for lack of a better term, a mate. There's got to be a better word than that. I can't find a good woman. I've had guys tell me that. I've heard the same thing from women. You know, I really can't find a good Christian guy. What are you doing? Well, I'm looking for somebody. And I tell people, I say, hey, look, don't don't go searching, don't go looking, looking in the church. Are they single? Are they wearing a ring? Listen, don't go looking for the right person. If you're searching and you're looking you know what will happen many times, and I've seen it many times? You get a decoy. The enemy sends you a decoy. This is the person. You latch onto them, then, you know, three months into the relationship, wow, they just go to church. They don't live for God. The second thing that I see happen when people do that is they compromise. They're so desperate to find the right person that they compromise their walk with God. They make decisions and they do things that I've never seen them do before just for the sake of being with another person. So I'm telling you right now, don't go after a person. Don't seek after another person. Don't, don't, don't search for the right person. You know what I tell people to, to do? I say, hey, invest in yourself 
and make yourself irresistible. Make yourself irresistible to the right person. You know, I heard this song last night. Some, some girls don't like boys like me. Oh, but some girls do. All right? Not everybody's going to like you. Even if you come, even, that's the story of my life. Even, even, if you, even, if you, even if you invest in yourself, not everybody is going to love you, but the right person will. Are you with me? So I tell people, I tell guys all the time, I tell people, I tell young ladies all the time, don't go searching for someone. Invest in the very best you that God can give you. All right? Build yourself. Hey, become, how about this? How about this, guys? Become financially successful before you ever go searching for someone. Now, that would make you very different. That way, she doesn't have to move you into her house and pay all your bills. I don't need to be saying that stuff. That's too controversial, is it? Become financially, bring something to the table financially. I tell guys this, hey, hey, guy, hey, man, learn how to dress yourself. Do you know how many ladies dress their husbands? I, I don't need to say that, do I? Just leave that alone. Honey, pick me out something to wear. Maybe it's that. Maybe he's just lazy. I wear whatever. Guys, figure out, you know, clean up after yourself. But, you know, build your body. I'm not just talking about physically. I'm talking about become a, a man of God. Become a man after God's own heart. Hey, get up and do your devotion. Go to church. The best place to find a person to share your life with is at church. Nobody believes me. I talk to people, well, we, we didn't work out. Where'd you meet? Well, we met at a bar. I ain't saying it. I know sometimes it works out. <laughs> But not for everybody, and not most of the time it doesn't work out. If it worked out for you, good. But most of the time, become a person that somebody else wants. Invest in yourself. Don't go seeking and searching for other people. Make your life irresistible. If you will make your life irresistible and become a person that you're not going to compromise for anybody, for any relationship, I'm going to live for God. I don't care what everybody else does. I'm going to live for God and I'm going to have these disciplines in my life and I'm going to be successful and I'm going to work on myself. Listen to me. You don't have to go finding anyone. You're in high demand. Get a stick because you're going to be fighting them off. Or maybe... Shouldn't be fighting people on mace, not a stick. Use some. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? I said that to say this. Faith Go Church, do you want to reach lost people for Christ? Yeah, I know you do. Do you want to do you want to fulfill the great commission to go into the world and, and, and reach people and make disciples and baptize people? Do you want to make a difference in the kingdom of God? Do you really want to change your lives? I mean, we don't just want to have a church where we can hang out and just a part, a part of connect groups and be a social club. We really want to reach people. We don't want to reach people from other churches. We want to get a hold of people that aren't going to church, people that are broken, people that are unsaved. If that's it, if that's what we really want, then let's make Faith Co. Church irresistible. Amen? Let's make it irresistible. Let's make it irresistible for people. Let's make Faith Code Church irresistible for people with broken lives. Let's make Faith Code Church irresistible, irresistible for people that are hopeless. Let's make 
Faith Go Church irresistible for people with, with broken hearts, with people searching for a real encounter with God that are tired of, of fakes, that are tired of phonies, that really want to experience God. Let's make this church irresistible. Amen? If we do that, we don't need to spend thousands of dollars on marketing and having a great website an online church, and I'm about all that. But if we, it, it's not about that. It's about us doing our part. We are who, are who build the body. You are the person that builds the body. I am the person. Man, I'm excited that our church, that a third of our church, 33.3% of our church serves. But why isn't it 80 or 90 or 100? Can I ask you that? I mean, if you were up here, that's what you'd be thinking. Why isn't 100% of our church saying, hey, sign me up. Hey, I'm going to be part. I'm going to do that, or I'm going to help with the kids, or I'm going to help in the parking lot. Listen, I don't know what your deal is, and I don't know what everybody's doing, and, and I'm not here to condemn anybody, but I'm trying to tell you this. And it's not because we just need more volunteers. It ain't about that. It's about fulfilling your God-given purpose. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to show you through the word that God has something for you that you have never experienced, that you can only experience when you decide to serve his house. Amen. And there are a lot of different ways And I haven't mentioned all the ways. There are so many ways to serve his church that I I want to encourage you to do. But as we do this, as you do your part and as I do my part, it makes this church irresistible for the people that we're trying to reach. Amen? Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to be here And I thank you, Lord, for the way that you bless and touch the lives that are here. And I know that you have spoken to people and as we have challenged people to serve. As we've read the different gifts, the gifts of speaking the word, the gifts of encouragement, the gifts of teaching, the gifts of serving, the gifts of giving, all of these different gifts, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we we rise up and we are a part of building your church. It takes all of us doing our part. There are things that individuals can do here today that we, that others can't do. We all individually bring something to the table of your ministry that no one else in this house does. So Lord, I ask that you will speak to us, that we will unite as a church that Faith Co., this is our home, that we will be known as a church that serves. That we're not a crowd, we're not just a congregation, but we're an army. We are an army that serve. We will be known for how we serve. We will be known for how we touch our community. We will be known for how we give financially. We will be known for how we make a difference in all of these areas. We are known for that. We don't just, we're not just known for a church that shows up and worships. No, we worship you in how we serve. So, so speak to every person that is here today. And it's not just about building your church, Lord. It's also about what you want to do in the lives of individuals. It's not just about your house. It's about building 
the people that are sitting here, there are things that you want, that you want people to experience. There's a work that you want to do in the heart of every life that's here that we don't experience unless we're part of serving. So I pray that we answer that calling. And that answer is yes, in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you don't know Christ and he's not Lord and Savior of your life, as, as every head is bowed and please nobody looking around, nobody moving around, you can say, Travis, I'm not where I should be with God. I'm not even part of the body of Christ. Well, this is the starting place. Saying, Jesus, I make you Lord and Savior of my life. This is where you start. If you haven't made that decision, or maybe at some point in your life you got away from God and he's not Lord and Savior and there's no, there's no part of him in your life because of your lifestyle and you need to rededicate your life to Christ, whatever the case or your story may be, can I lead you in a prayer today? Can I, can I, can I just have you pray a prayer with me? I won't ask you to stand. I won't single you out. I won't embarrass you. We'll all pray together and you just pray along with us. I'd like to know if there are people here today that want to come home to God. So just between you, me, and God, if you can say, Travis, I'm not right with God or I don't live for God or I'd like to come home. And if you'll pray, I'm going to pray with you. Real quickly, put your hand up and put it down so I know I'm praying for somebody. Can anybody say that? I'll just ask one more time. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. But if you're here, and you're serious about this, I see your hand right there. You can put it down. Anybody else? Anybody else before we pray? Okay, we're going to pray. I know we had at least one, but if I didn't see your hand over here, pray this prayer with us. Surrender your life to the Lord today. Mean it. Let's all pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I am before you today, and I give you my life. Jesus, I declare today that you are Lord and Savior of my life. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and wash me clean and whole. I believe in you, Jesus, that you died for me and rose from the dead. And from this moment on, my life is committed to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.